welcome to Monologues by Hassie, where I'm going to be dropping unsolicited brain dumps from the depths of my grey matter. I'll talk about life, money, society, and self-development, plus whatever else lies up there, whilst hopefully not getting cancelled in the process. This weekend, I had the privilege of attending a kid's birthday party and another picnic, and it involved being exposed to families and young children, which is something that I haven't really done a lot in the past few months. And really, it's arised because a lot of my older friends who've gotten married in the last few years have all of a sudden started popping out children to no avail. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. I've been buying my baby presents in bulk and writing my cards out. It's always joyous to see this new life being brought into the world. And at the same time, you also see the struggles and stresses which everyone naturally goes to when they bring life into this world. And I'm not not just talking about the immediate struggles and stresses, but also the long-term impacts to the family and home economy. What changes, what pressures are being made, and typically... Even when nothing's gone wrong, generally you'll have either parent go on maternity or paternity leave, parental leave, and as a result, you'll have temporary periods where the family's income has been lowered. In conjunction with this very wonderful weekend where I got to see all these uh, gorgeous young kids and their families and have a lot of very wholesome fun, I happen to be reading a book called The Two Income Trap, Why Middle Class Parents Are Still Going Broke. And the authors of this of this book are very interesting. The most prominent author is Elizabeth Warren. She wasn't a senator at the time, but this book was published in 2004. By 2012, she became the Democratic Senator for the state of Massachusetts in the US. So if you follow US politics, the name Elizabeth Warren is gonna be something that will ring a bell in your mind. and it's the the co-author for this book is Amelia Warren Tiagi who's her daughter in terms of backgrounds I'm going to focus on Elizabeth this is by no means to overshadow her daughter but I the reason I'm focusing on Elizabeth is uh, she's the more prominent of the two and the person that most people are going to know about so she's got a very interesting background uh, she's got a background in she's a law professor and she specialized in commercial law contract law and bankruptcy And this particular book, Two Income Trap, is focused on families going bankrupt. And I think it's very interesting in the sense that a lot of the conclusions drawn in this book are very influenced by her background and also her daughter's background. Now, to go into it, what is the two income trap? I think the two income trap is the collision of, at a very high level, at least from what I took out from this book, it's a collision of three factors. The first is you have a family with two incomes, a dual income family, and the family has children. The second factor is that the fixed expenses in the family are greater than one income. What are fixed expenses? Fixed expenses are expenses that you can't get out of very easily. These are things like your mortgage, your your health insurance, your car insurance. These are expenses which aren't going to go away to a certain degree, even feeding yourself. There's going to be a component of buying food for your family, which is a fixed expense because it's only, you know, there's a baseline level of sustenance that you need to provide your family. And these are your fixed expenses. Anything else is discretionary. These are things like going out to the movies, going on holiday, buying fancy clothes that you don't need. These are all discretionary. They're great to have but when push comes to shove, we can cut back on them. The second factor is you've got 
fixed expenses greater than one income. And the first factor was you've got a two income family with children. Now the third factor, this is where we get into the two income trap. We have a tragic life event, which causes either one or both parties to reduce their income or it, a substantial change in the nature of the family. So these are things like losing your job due to a redundancy, medical issues causing one partner to go out of work. It might also require the other partner to care for the other partner, things like divorce, which again, very tragic and causes the fixed expenses of a family to double. All of a sudden you've gone from maintaining a single household and now you need to maintain two households. So you've got the same income and you've got more money coming out. And these are kind of the traps that families can fall into. Now, the premise of this book is very interesting in that it talks about the two income trap and it says that dual income families in America, when this book was written in the 2000s, dual income families are worse off they're at higher risk of bankruptcy than their single income equivalents from 30 or 40 years ago. So if you had a single breadwinner family from 20 or 30 years ago, so we're talking kind of 1970s, that family had a lower risk of bankruptcy than a dual income family in the year 2000. And that's a very interesting premise because at a surface level, uh, we all know that a family with two incomes, you know, assuming that everyone's got a median income, a family with two income is always going to be better off than the family with only one median income. There's simply more money available. So why are families with two incomes going broke at a higher rate than their single income counterparts from 20 or 30 years ago? And the arguments that this book makes is that there are many factors which have caused this. So in the 70s and 80s in America, and not just America, but all over the Western world, there are a lot of, lot of parallels. So I want to note that even though this book is very America-centric, it really does apply to other economies. So in the 70s and 80s in the US, women entered the workforce en masse. And in 1975, there was an act called the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. And basically what it meant was when, when mom and dad went to the bank to get a loan for their house, the bank could no longer ignore mom's income. Because previously banks would have said, well, she might go and become a stay-at-home mother and therefore we're gonna ignore her income. They said, okay, well, hubby, you're making 40K per year, 40,000 per year, and the wife is making 30,000 per year. They previously ignored the 30,000, but in 1975, when this act was introduced, they all of a sudden had to take into consideration the second income in the two-income family. So two-income families were less common back then, but they became more common and it's become arguably uh, more, more of a necessity. So one of the factors which has kind of caused the fixed expenses for the two income family in the 2000s to go up higher than the single income families in the 1900s, the reason is that the fixed expenses have gone up. And the argument for fixed expenses going up, it's basically because house prices have gone up. And you'll hear in some of my previous podcasts that my personal opinion is that the increase in credit availability is the cause for higher house prices. That's the argument I personally propose. And when you had the Equal Credit Opportunity Act, all of a sudden the two income family, which previously couldn't have borrowed more income than the single income counterpart, all of a sudden they had access to more credit. Access to more credit leads to higher house prices. In the US, house prices for families are very tied into school districts because school districts, each school district will essentially, the taxes paid into the district are what cause, are what allow the school to have better facilities. So it's almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy that better schools will attract more families, have higher house prices, they'll pay more taxes, the schools will get more money. So there's an aspect of families with children almost for the sake of 
giving their children a better future have to buy houses in these better school districts. So the fixed, the mortgage expenses of the two income family is going up, A, because there's more credit availability at an individual level and at a systematic level, because there's more credit available, the house prices are going up. You also have a higher healthcare, education costs in general. We're talking about in the US, student loans are a big thing and families need to save for this. So these are, you know, if parents are concerned about their children's futures, of course, they're going to have to put money away and take out loans, which puts the family under immense pressure. There are also issues with subprime, subprime loans and gen increased general credit availability. So the argument made in this book is it's not simply because two income families are being irresponsible. There are very real factors which have caused the fixed expenses of a two income family to increase. And it's incredibly interesting some of the arguments made in this book because it's definitely given me a different perspective. So given that these are the factors which contribute to increased fixed expenses, and we already talked about the three reasons which cause the two income trap. So it's the collision of a two income family, fixed expenses greater than one income and a tragic life event. How do you go about avoiding the two income trap? I think at the individual level, I love personal finance. So I believe that the, the, the key to success is to live below your means because it gives you flexibility. Just being a single person right now who is very focused on developing my career and developing my skills, I realize that if I have too much debt, it's going to make me risk averse and therefore I'm not gonna take opportunity. But of course, you know, in my future, I anticipate that I will have children and the best decision that I can do for my kids is make sure that I don't, I'm not over leveraged and that my kids don't have debt collectors calling my house. There's a lot of lessons that we can learn from reading a book like this. And as there's so many examples of familial misfortune, either through a loss of a job, a health issue or divorce, there's many lessons that we can pull out of a book like The Two Income Trap and we can utilize those lessons and at a personal level, at a level of personal responsibility, we can structure our finances to be more resilient as a family. And let me, re let me state very clearly, The Two Income Trap is not about dropping down to a single income. The argue other argument that Elizabeth Warren makes is in addition to fixed expenses going up, the single income family traditionally had a form of insurance. By only having one parent working, they could have never spent more money than one income. As a result, if you lost that income, the second parent could have entered the workforce and substituted some of those fixed expenses. And as a result, a single income family not only had lower fixed costs and more discretionary income, but they had this kind of inbuilt insurance system in, in, the, in the other parent who could have entered the workforce if anything were to happen to the breadwinner. So in a two income family, not only do you lack this form of, I guess, familial insurance of having a kind of backup worker to enter the workforce, but a lot of families have found themselves being over leveraged, have, having very high fixed costs, and it's very dangerous. So in terms of what can we do about it as individuals, I think even as a two income family, and that's completely normal because naturally men and women form an important part of the modern economy. Even if you have two incomes in your family, it is going to be very tempting to go to the bank. And if they, they say, hey, you two, you can borrow $2 million. Well, maybe you should only borrow $1 million just in case anything happens to that second income. So living below your means and live off the lowest income and you know use that second income to enjoy your life. So discretionary expenses, go on holiday, go on trips. Also use it to put money aside into your rainy day fund and use it to invest. And a family that does that is going to be much 
much, you know, they're going to be much more financially resilient and hopefully happier. But at the same time, as I pull out some of the learnings of this book, it is true that it is very difficult for families. As, as I've gone through this book, a lot of these scenarios are the same in countries like Australia, that because people have, you know, for the last 20 or 30 years, families have had access to dual incomes. It has pushed up the cost of housing and so many other necessities for a family because they've been pegged to the price of two incomes. It is very difficult to live off a single income. So it is a very challenging thing. So at a personal level, that's what you can do. The other suggestions that this book makes is, again, at, at the kind of level of personal influence, again, not what you can immediately control. So in terms of your circle of control, the family can try to live off a single income. I know that's very difficult. It's not realistic. It is very challenging because again, a single income family, the other point this makes is it's very difficult for single income families in the 2000s because single income families now need to compete with dual income families who have more access to credit and push the price of these necessities up. So even if you are a dual income family and you want to try and live off a single income, it's going to be very challenging. The second thing it makes is this book focuses on, again, it's very US centric and it states that there are very important things like bankruptcy laws. Now I spoke earlier in this episode about Elizabeth having a background in bankruptcy law and her argument is that with banks and credit card companies trying to make, make it harder for families to either apply for bankruptcy or hide it harder to wipe out certain types of debt. Essentially, there's less money for the family to look after their children. There was a very, you know, there was a few interesting examples in this book of where you can, you know, I realize why this book is so controversial. And one of the points is Elizabeth fires shots at politicians like Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton. And there was a particular bill that Hillary was against when she was first lady. And, you know, a few years later when she got elected herself, she actually supported that same bill and allowed it to be passed through US government because the banks and credit card companies were funding it. And this was a bill which made it harder for families to apply for bankruptcy. And all of a sudden you now have dads who are divorced and they're trying to pay child support and child support doesn't get wiped out in bankruptcy in the US. You still need to pay your child support obligations. All of a sudden these divorced fathers are now having to compete with banks and financial institutions. So there's less money going towards the children. So it raises a very important point. So at a family level, Elizabeth recommends that, Elizabeth and Amelia both recommend that people talk to their politicians and make sure that families have better outcomes. And even though this is US centric, I think no matter where you live in the world, if you see issues affecting your community, absolutely, uh, reach, reach out to your local politicians. You might hate them, and I know people really don't like politicians, and yeah, I get it, they're trashy. But at the same time, whilst we, we don't have control over what politicians do, if enough people take action, you can absolutely have some form of influence. And then at the very kind of peak of the suggestions of this book, how do you avoid the, the two-income trap Again, this book really proposes a lot of the expansion of the welfare state. So we're talking about universal healthcare, reduced education costs, reducing the pressures on families, regardless of whether they're single, single, you know, single parent families, single income families, or dual income families. It's about forming systems where the best schools aren't in the most expensive school districts. That way, you can enable families to live in areas where they can have a small mortgage and be more resilient. So there's a lot of suggestions in this book now. Overall, this book is incredibly controversial. You can read about this book if you read reviews for it. The reason it's controversial is 
For many reasons, people on the left can perceive this book as being an argument for the traditional family and people on the right will use it as an argument for that. At the same time, people on the right can find this book controversial because of the expansion of the welfare state and relaxing certain aspects of bankruptcy law, which is going to be very challenging to people who are more fiscally conservative on the right. But overall, I found this book incredibly exciting. It definitely got my brain thinking about how I would personally like to structure my own family in terms of household income and finances. I definitely would want to live off one income. And I guess because I had preparation and I've had this insight into some of the issues that families can face, I can start preparing for that now as a single person. And hopefully when I partner up, we can combine resources and create options where maybe we both don't have to work and we can take a year off and look after the kids. And we're not gonna fall into the two income trap because we've built this incredible buffer. So I think if you're a young man or you're a young woman out there and it doesn't matter whether you're single or you're planning on having kids, even if you're planning on getting married and you're just in a relationship, read a book like The Two Income Trap because it's going to cause you to think in ways that you previously weren't thinking about. It's gonna cause you to, maybe you'll agree with things, maybe you'll disagree with it, it doesn't matter. It will either change your opinions or strengthen them or a combination thereof. So it's very interesting, it's a very interesting book. Highly recommend reading it. Again, it's called The Two Income Trap, Why Middle Class Parents Are Going Broke. It's by Elizabeth Warren and Amelia Warren Tiagi. Very insightful. I learned a lot from this. And, and to all of you listening to this, I hope your families do great. And I wish you great success in all your endeavors. You've just made it through another episode of Monologues by Hassie. It brings me great pleasure to know that you made it to the end. To listen to more episodes, subscribe on your favorite podcast app or visit monologuesbyhassie.com. Thanks for swinging by. Thank you.